My name's Michael Jones. I'm a long-term resident of Lismore, and I'd like to thank you for listening to my flood story. If you could walk out of the quad over towards Keene Street and cross the road, please be careful of the cars. You'll have to turn right and walk down to Woodlark Street. And while you're walking, keep an eye out for the flood level signs. You can keep walking after that, and I can tell you when to turn around and come back. I was home with my mother when the 2017 flood happened. I was stranded out at Fernside, which is near Bentley. It was concerning because we weren't sure how long we were going to be flooded off for. We do get cut off occasionally, but at the most for one or two days. But it had been five days for us. I was concerned about my friends who were in town, especially those who were in the low floodplain area. Uh, fortunately, they were all evacuated to safety or well, remained within their homes feeling secure. Living on the Lismore Coval Road, we were able to access South Lismore, or parts of it. I think it was maybe Sunday afternoon. My mother and I, we packed up our gurneys and scrubbing brushes and mud boots and we came into Union Street where a friend of mine was living and we started helping them clean up their place. After experiencing many floods in my lifetime, having grown up here, I'd never seen the devastation that I saw driving in this time with furniture and people's livelihoods sitting out on the side of the road waiting to be collected to be taken to the tip. After we helped that first friend, we actually went up to Ballina Street Bridge to try and you know, have a look into town to see what was happening there. There was still a lot of debris and um, garbage all over the road and there was cars parked on top of the bridge that had been parked there for days to try and keep them out of the flood water. Not all of them were able to get up high enough. We saw trucks that were submerged, which would have been you know, greatly damaged. I didn't see them open up the floodgates. So I turned up not long after that, but there was still a lot of water volume flowing out into the river. It was hard to see because it was muddy water, but there was a lot of garbage and you know, branches floating on top of it as well. At that point in time, my mother wanted to check on a few of her other friends that lived in South Lismore. Unfortunately, uh, they were all safe. The houses were very high set, so we went home after that. As a community support worker in Lismore, I understand people are already struggling without the impact of a, a natural event. When I signed up for Helping Hands, I went into the train station where the Helping Hands hub was set up. When I got there, there was a hive of activity, people um, bringing in stock from donated goods, sending out cleaning crews to help people start the process of cleaning up their house. There was um, a few local community leaders, Ellie Bird and a few others there, helping people into the process of signing up to become volunteers. When I finished signing up, I made sure I had all the appropriate paperwork for what I was signing up for as a support worker. Uh, working with vulnerable people, I provided them with a working with children's check and a national police check to show that I was certified to be out there with the vulnerable community members. As a support worker, my job was to go out to sit with people to understand what kind of support resources I would require to help them recover from this event. Some people 
were very resilient. Others did require more support than they were willing to ask for, and others were happy to take whatever support they could get. There were residents that were quite resilient. They didn't seem to be affected whatsoever. They were just getting in, cleaning up the mess, realising that you know, they were safe, that was the important thing. And then there was other residents that, even though they got cleaned up, just due to the nature of their property, they were unable to get rid of the mould, which you could see was taking an emotional toll on them, uh, especially with their concerns about their children and living in a mouldy area. There was also stories of um, resilience gone above and beyond where people realised they were able to look after themselves better than what they believed they were capable of. One resident identified as being on the spectrum of autism and the flood event really upset their natural course of life. But throughout that time, they realised that they could be safe outside of their comfort zone and that led them to signing up for charity work and doing things they never thought was possible for them. So it put them in a position where they had to grow. And there was also an elderly resident who, when trying to talk about life before the flood to normalise the situation for them, that upset them because they had a very isolated life before the flood. They were happy in talking about the flood because they had people come around checking on them and their isolation was broken. They were you know, interacting with society again. And as good as it was to see her happy, I was concerned of the isolation she'd be thrown back into once all the help and the flood ordeal was over. Before I go on, if I could get you to turn around and start walking back towards the quad. When Helping Hands closed down the operation of the hub out of the train station, I still remained as a support worker going out to any calls for assistance for people who were still struggling. So if I got a call saying, could I come and spend some time with someone, I would go out there and sit with them and mainly listen. I believe I learnt that I'm not as emotionally resilient as I'd like to believe I am. Uh, even though I was able to contain any emotion while working with people, I did feel a lot of guilt, especially given that I did not lose the material possessions that they had lost, such as sitting with an elderly gentleman who lost his wife's ashes. Um, it was very hard to handle. It was something I couldn't understand the loss myself. I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, so I, there was nothing I could say or do to help. All I could do was sit there and listen to what they had to say so they felt as though they were being heard. I came away feeling exhausted. There was a lot of support from the community members, especially for those who were working with those in grief. There was a lot of frustration in that there wasn't the support there for the people that needed it. But then I had to take into account that the people who usually offer that support were in the same natural event themselves. So they were struggling and they had been impacted themselves. So I felt let down by the government services you know, in support, and not just myself, but for the general community. They did come through eventually, but nowhere near as quickly as they should have to help people. There seemed to be more support from 
charities and churches rather than the government. Three years on, I can say I was able to get a, some closure. I was fortunate enough to be employed with the University Centre for Royal Health in data collection for the flood survey and mental health and resilience. And during that time, I got to come across people I'd spoken to three years previously who were in the flooded event. And a lot of them had recovered quite well. So it was good to see that people were able to grow from that experience and be more resilient themselves. And resilience doesn't mean just coping yourself, but knowing when to reach out for help. I'm not sure the exact reason. There were different reasons for different people, but I think it's just they were put in a position where they didn't have a choice but to be outside of their comfort zone. And it wasn't until they realised that even though they're out of that comfort zone, they are still safe, they realised that maybe they can take a few more steps outside that next barrier they've put up for themselves. I come across a gentleman who identified himself as being on the spectrum who had grown and he's still growing from that event. He now has paid employment, something he hasn't done in years. Three years on, myself, I'm... I believe I'm feeling fine. Um, the last deluge that we just had in small flooding here in Lismore, my concern was for the people who I came across who were easily triggered. Concerns for myself, I don't believe I'd, I'd really have any, but it was just concerns for you know, the general public and those in the floodplain. Helping Hands, it was community driven. It showed the community how resilient and resourceful we can be when we work together. And that resilience has continued on to this day. The community caring for each other is there. Thank you for listening to my flood story. If you could return your raincoat, gumboots and headset back to the shipping container, that'd be great.